first reading is John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 to 14. If you picked up a church Bible on your way in this afternoon, you'll find it on page 1063, or indeed up on the screen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world... And though the world was made through him, the word did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. <clears throat> the children haven't actually finished their involvement with the carol service because uh, as the readings come, they're going to build up for us uh, a nativity scene And at the moment that the star appeared, uh, it appears from Scripture that the wise men set off on their journey to get to Bethlehem. They didn't arrive at the stable at the same time as all the others. Uh, It was maybe six months or or more later that they got there, but they set off on their journey. So we're going to have them, I think, going through a fairly burning desert. Who's going to come and put the wise men up?
Might they like to face in the right direction, you think, to head off there? There we go. How many have we got? See, we don't know. Oh, there's an angel. Is that an angel going up as well? Wow. There we are. I don't know how many have we got there. One, two, three, four. We don't know how many there were. It doesn't say. It just says they bought three gifts. But maybe they shared some gifts between them. We got. But no Darth Vader. And no dinosaurs. So we're pretty biblical so far. Right, good. We're going to sing another song together now. Child in the manger, infant of Mary. So let's all stand and sing together. This is the moment for the second part. Mary and Joseph are going to arrive in Bethlehem. There's Mary. A third reading is taken from the the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, He had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 through to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of, Beth- in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We're just going to spend a a very short time thinking about one of the iconic sort of pictures um, of any nativity that you that you go to, there are always, are there not, shepherds. I, I sometimes find myself wondering which was invented first, the dressing gown or the shepherd, because the, the two things are, are wonderfully linked together, aren't they? If they weren't for dressing gowns and towels, how on earth would you have an authentic shepherd? Um, but, but there are some kind of interesting things um, about shepherds that Uh, Just very briefly, I thought I'd share with you, and they're they're very much present in in Luke's account, uh, and we've had it read for us uh, this evening, um, of the the birth of the Lord Jesus. There's a whole pile of things about shepherds. They're all up there, and then that saves me bothering with the the little clicker, which I sometimes get lost on, but there, there they are. 
Um, the first thing about them is that shepherds were despised. That might sound an, an odd thing to us, but it's often true, isn't it? We, Paul, when he's talking about our human bodies and about the church, we were looking at this a couple of weeks ago, and um, Paul says that sometimes the the parts of our body that are the most important are the ones that we give the kind of least attention to in some ways, but, um, but they're vital. Uh, one of the things that separates us from uh, almost every creature on the planet is that we have opposable thumbs, uh, and that means we can pick things up in, in, a, in a way that, that other creatures can't. And um, if you don't have a thumb... You just think about how difficult your life would be because uh, you, you just wouldn't be able to function in, in quite the same way. Thumbs are, are really, really important. And shepherds were tremendously important, but they were despised. Way back in the uh, book of Genesis, we find that when um, Joseph's family come down into Egypt, um, they have to be very cagey with Pharaoh um, because they say, oh, well, let, let's go and let us live in the land of Goshen, which is kind of right over there. Um, it's, it's well away from the capital city and so on. Because your servants are shepherds. And Moses makes a little comment. He says, because the Egyptians despised shepherds. They, they really didn't like them at all. And maybe that was something that was going to to kind of figure later on, because one of the things, and we'll, we'll reach that point in a moment, that uh, we learn about the Lord Jesus in Scripture is, is that he claimed to be the great shepherd, the shepherd of his sheep, and we'll, we'll see that, but he himself was despised, wasn't he? One of the, the key elements of the nativity story is that when Mary and Joseph eventually um, arrive in, in Bethlehem after what would have been several days journeying through very difficult country to get down to Bethlehem in order to meet the requirements of the census. There was no room for them. A, a heavily pregnant woman, tired, exhausted uh, after her long journey with, with her husband, and nobody had any space for them. That there was we often think of it in terms of no room in the inn, but we're not to think of hotels and so on. Um, people would just open up their spare rooms or a, a corner of the, the house in which they were living. But Bethlehem was so crowded, and I guess people didn't want the bother in the middle of the night of a woman giving birth. So, so there was no, no comfortable place for Mary and Joseph to rest on that really significant night. Uh, and of course, as Jesus grew up, although he had come to his own creation, people that he'd made, his own didn't receive him. His own people despised him uh, and rejected him. The, the leaders of the people, the chief priests and the scribes and, uh, and the others, they didn't want to know Jesus. It was only the, the common people that really received him gladly. But although shepherds were despised, they were really, really needed. Shepherds were a, a, a vital part um, of the, the kind of the economy of, of the country because sheep are really useful creatures, aren't they? Uh, from sheep, you can get milk. Not quite as much as you get from a Frisian cow, but you get milk. 
Um, from the milk, you can make cheese and, and, and other things. But the, the sheep gladly donates its wool. Um, you don't have to skin it. It doesn't have to be dead. You can shear it, uh, and you can weave that into useful clothing and so on. Uh, and, of course, they, they were very much a part of the staple diet uh, and a part of the, the worship of God's people. Probably the example that we would understand best would be the, the Passover, when remembering what had happened in Egypt, every, every Jewish family, and still to this day, would take a lamb uh, and they would remember. In the ancient days, they would take the blood of the lamb and they would put it on their doorposts and so on to remember the night in which they were delivered from the land of Egypt, to remember the night in which 400 years of slavery came to an end. Uh, and they left the land of Egypt, they left the, the taskmasters lash uh, and, and all the hardship and so on that they'd endured there for generations. They left and so glad were the Egyptians to see them go after all the plagues that God had visited on the land that they, they showered them with gifts. They gave them gold, they gave them jewelry, they gave them everything that you could imagine uh, and they left after 400 years of slavery almost as if they were leaving after 400 years of employment. They had the money, they had the wealth of Egypt just thrust upon them uh, as these people said, get out. Shepherds are needed. They, they were needed to look after the flock. It was a dangerous game looking after sheep. Um, one of the most famous kings of Israel, King David, um, finds part of his courage for facing the, the giant Goliath from his experience of being a shepherd. And he says, I, I know what danger's all about. I, I've been there, uh, and I've defended the flock against bears and lions. We, we perhaps don't tend to, to think of Israel as being a place full of bears and lions, but it was in those days. Uh, and they would have to fight in order to protect the flock, the, the shepherd would risk his life for the flock. Very often he would, if it was possible, gather them into a kind of makeshift fold, perhaps out of brambles and stones and so on. Uh, and at the entrance, at the doorway, the shepherd himself would lie down and sleep so that any predator would have to go through the shepherd in order to get to the sheep. But even so, Although the job that they did was so vital, both for the economy of the country, but also for its worship of God, the shepherds were amongst the poorest people. They were, they were lowly paid. Uh, nothing much changes in society, does it? The, the, the value or the importance of the job that you do isn't always reflected in, in the wages that you get for doing it. Um, some people, you may think, well, their job isn't really important, and they earn a fortune for doing it. If I didn't do my job, you may be thinking, that, well, the world would grind to a halt. But it doesn't necessarily get reflected in your, your payslip um, at the end of the month. But it's used in Scripture as a kind of picture of God. If there's no shepherd, sheep are particularly dumb creatures, aren't they? Some of you know that, that um, I... I my wife and I were here 20 years ago, and uh, when I was here then, I used to look after a little church on the, the base at Shawbury, RAF Shawbury. So every Sunday morning, I would drive, and I'd go across 
cross over the A49 and go into the, to the camp that way. Uh, and there was always a field on your right-hand side just as you turned that bend at the bottom with sheep in it. And behind them was a whole field of lovely grass. And inevitably, where would these sheep be? They'd be pressed up against the fence, trying to stuff their heads through the fence because outside there was dirty, grubby grass that had had all the mud of the road kind of... That's, that's where the sheep were. They're, they're, they're not the brightest of creatures, are they? Uh, and they're very prone to, to wander. Uh, and so God says, without a shepherd, the sheep just wander all over the place. So the shepherd was necessary. You couldn't just let your sheep wander anywhere. You had to keep an eye on them. Otherwise, they would get themselves into danger. Uh, and one of the prophets, a man called Micaiah, Um, said that that God's people, he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. Another prophet, Ezekiel, says, they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep are scattered. Neither prophet was talking about the the woolly sheep. They, They were talking about people. People who because they weren't in touch with God, were wandering aimlessly in in, in their lives. They they didn't have a direction and a purpose. They needed a shepherd to care for them and to to look after them. And Jesus, on one occasion, was looking out at the crowds. Very often, huge crowds followed Jesus. Um, His teaching was, was so electrifying that that whenever he popped up anywhere, um, the word would get around and and people in their hundreds uh, and on many occasions in their thousands would come and they would listen to what Jesus had to say. We we know of occasions when they followed him um, right the way through the day and until it was too late for them to go and find somewhere to stay or something to eat. Uh, And he had to feed the, the multitude. But on one occasion... We read this, it's in Mark's gospel. It says, he went out, that's Jesus. He went ashore and saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. He felt sorry for them, deeply, deeply moved and sorry. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So although shepherds were despised, they were needed, but they were also chosen. Chosen. When God chose the first king of Israel, um, he uh, talks about the, the need of a true king, and he calls David to be the, the first real king of, of Israel. Uh, and it says this in Second Samuel, in times past when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, this is to David, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel and you shall be prince over Israel. God chose a king to look after his people. Uh, and God chose another king, a shepherd king, a, a descendant of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the, the ultimate 
shepherd. So it's really fitting, isn't it, that at the the birth of Jesus, as God steps into human history uh, and the great story moves on to a new and exciting chapter, God is now Emmanuel. He's with us. And the very first people that greet him are shepherds. They've come in from the fields where they've been tending their flock at night and they've, they've heard the angelic message and they've come and they've come to worship. The reason? Well, it's on the screen. Because he was longed for and he was promised. The, the promise of a shepherd who would come and look after God's people is, is there all the way through Scripture. Let me just give you some references to it. Psalm 28 and verse 9. Save your people is the cry from the psalmist. Bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. And perhaps he has in mind there uh, something like the, the story of, that Jesus told about the, the, the shepherd that had a hundred sheep. Uh, and as he counts them in uh, at night, he finds he's only got 99. So he secures the 99 so that nothing can happen to them. And then he goes off looking for the lost sheep. Uh, and when he finds it, he puts it on his shoulders uh, and he carries it back home again. And here's the psalmist pleading with God, be our shepherd, come and carry us forever. One of the prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus in the prophecy of Isaiah says this, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. It's a lovely picture, isn't it, of the the tender parent nature of God, the fatherhood of God. What do you do with a very little child? You pick them up and you carry them, don't you? They're really small. That's what you do. You you scoop them up and you carry them, uh, and and they'll go forever as long as you're carrying them. Um, That's great. As they get a little older, what do you do when they're in difficult circumstances or something? You hold their hand. You guide them. You protect them. Uh, And God is promising that that he will come uh, and he will tend his people. Uh, And it's one of the prophecies. It's one of the predictions, one of the promises concerning the Lord Jesus. And that's, that's exactly what he came to do. Uh, another one's found in Ezekiel. God says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will make myself lie down, he de- declares the Lord God. God is saying, I'm not going to delegate this job to somebody else. I'm going to come myself and dwell amongst you. I- I'm going to come and I'm going to be the shepherd that looks after you and cares for you. I'm going to be the one that picks you up and carries you. I'm going to be the one that holds your hand. And I'm going to be the one who lies down at night in front of the doorway so that nothing can harm you. And of course, that's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas, that God came down in the person of Jesus to dwell amongst us. One last verse, it says, He shall stand and shepherd his flock. This is Micah 5.4. In the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And that prophecy, we looked at it this morning, is linked with Bethlehem being the place where God would enter human history in the person of Jesus. So he was longed for and he was promised. And all of those promises are fulfilled in Jesus. Every single one of them. He's born in in Bethlehem. He says in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. 
and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He says a little later on, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. God is looking for people to gather into his flock, people that he can love and cherish and care for. One of the New Testament writers, I'm not quite sure who it was, but he he wrote a letter that we call the letter to the Hebrews. uh, And he ends that letter with these words. He says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, he says, may he bless you. Uh, And that would be our prayer this Christmas, that Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, the one that God raised from the dead, would shepherd each and every one of us. But why why did the babe in the manger have to become the man hanging on the cross? Why, Why is Christmas followed by Good Friday? Well, the answer is there again in, in Scripture. Peter, uh, the great apostle, says this. You were straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd of your souls. We're prone to wander. One of the hymn writers wrote a, a verse of a hymn which says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And we can be prone to to wander away from God, but the image of the shepherd is the image of one who comes and he searches for and he finds and he rescues the sheep that are in danger. And the ultimate expression of this is is what we would tend to to call heaven. In a great vision of heaven, um, at the end of the Bible, we read these words, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There's a moment a little earlier in the Revelation where the the apostle is in despair. He's saying, well, who's going to solve humanity's problems for them? Uh, And one of the angels in the vision says to him, "Don't, don't despair, the Lamb has earned the right to break the seals and to open the book. Uh, And and the book ends with with the lamb in the midst of the throne, uh, and it ends with him caring for his people in in utter security forever, in a place where there's no more sickness, no more crying, no more tears, where all of those things have passed away and everything has become new. If you were with us this morning, you'll know that we we ended with a choice. We were talking about prophecies, and there there was one uh, verse of Scripture that combined two choices, in a sense. It it says he came, Jesus came, to dwell amongst his people, but his own people did not receive him. They rejected him. But it goes on to say, but to as many as did receive him, to them he gave the authority to become the children of God. And there's a very similar verse I I, I want to share with you, or two verses. One is from Ezekiel in the Old Testament. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became for food for wild beasts. The sheep were scattered. That's one alternative. 
to ignore the shepherd, go your own way, choose your own path in life, and hope that it works out for you. Or there's another path that Peter uh, again lays before us. He says this, he's writing to Christians, and he says, I know what you used to be, but I'm going to remind you of what you are now. He says, once you were straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd of your souls. I, I wonder in which place you find yourself this Christmas. Are you straying from the shepherd? Not the shepherds that came to visit, but the shepherd they came to visit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whose care for you was such that he left the glory of heaven to come down and dwell on earth, to be despised and rejected by men, to be crucified, but to rise again. Are you wandering away from him, straying, or are you coming back to God's one true and only shepherd, the one who cares for you? I think in this sentimentality, excuse me, of Christmas, that they're, they're, sometimes, particularly when we're younger, we think, wouldn't it have been great to have heard the angelic message, to have tromped along to the stable and seen the baby Jesus lying in a manger and brought our gifts to him? Well, maybe it would. But how much better to know the end of the story that begins in the, the stable, to know who Jesus really is and to know that it's not that he wants a gift from us, but that he wants to give himself as a gift for us. And he wants to give us the gift of eternal life. Shepherds visited the infant Jesus but the shepherd, Jesus, the Savior of the world, offers to visit us and to be our shepherd and care for us. And that would be the real meaning of Christmas, that we return to the shepherd and overseer of our souls.